you're going to be excited too. Because it's going to go right along with what Keith's been teaching, but it's going to be fun. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Yeah. I tell him that kind of stuff all the time. I say, oh, come on, put some life into it. Tell a story every once in a while. You know, wake us up. He's just so line upon line. Hey, I live with him 24-7. He never stops teaching. I know. I know. I know. He's like Brother Hagin. You know, we would be around Brother Hagin, and Brother Hagin, if you were ever around him, he would teach you how to eat. He would teach you how to play pinball. He would teach you how to drive a car. He would teach you how to peel a tomato. He would teach you everything you did. He was a teacher. Well, that's the way my husband is. He's constantly teaching me how to fly an airplane like I'm ever going to fly one. I'm serious. Yesterday we were talking on the phone, and he's constantly for an hour telling me how much fuel burn this plane burns, how much this does, and what do you have to do to do this on the phone. For an hour, like I'm ever going to fly this airplane. And like I really need to know if I'm going to run out of fuel in this airplane. Never going to happen. But he is a teacher, and that's what he does. He teaches. And so I go, oh, sure, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah, mm mm-hmm, yeah, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, got it. thousand pounds an hour, yeah, got it, yeah, whatever that means. Yes, gotcha. But you know what? That's what teachers do, you know? I'm not your line-upon-line teacher. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> you ever noticed? I don't just go, okay, get your Bible out. Let's take this scripture. Okay, let's go to this. Okay, now let's go to this. Uh, now we find this scripture. It's just not who I am, okay? So if you want somebody like that, you better come back next week when he does it. <laughs> okay? But today, I want to build upon kind of what he's been talking about. But as we do that, I want you to stir yourself up right now. If you have not received the Holy Spirit, get your britches ready. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, because at the end of the service today, you are going to receive. You are going to? There ain't no devil in hell big enough to stop you from receiving today. There ain't one, he ain't this big, he ain't this big, he ain't this big, he ain't this big that's big enough to keep you from receiving today. And you watch and see. Now see, some of you got scared, you lost your excitement, but watch and see! Watch and see, watch and see, watch and see. Let's look at our first verse. It says, Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. It says, But you shall receive power... King James, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses. What's he been talking about? Being a witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Can I get, I'm going to give you your scripture so you can't say she didn't read us any verses. Okay? You can't say I didn't give you a verse, Right? Okay, let's read it out of the New Living. I'll give you two. Okay? But you will receive power. Say that, power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Now read this next part with me. Telling people about me everywhere. Stop. That's all the Bible we're going to read for a while. Put your Bible up. And I want to tell you a story. Y'all like stories? Yes. Good. I want to tell you a story about Keith and Phyllis Moore when they were 17 years old. You want to hear it? Yes. Okay. Keith and Phyllis Moore had just barely gotten married. Now, I'm, listen to me carefully, very carefully. I am not against any denomination. I love every denomination and every person from every denomination. All I know is what happened to me. Okay? All I know is who I am and all I know is who Keith was. Okay? Ever since then, we've had people get saved from that denomination and this denomination, get filled from that denomination and this denomination. So don't write me any letters because I won't read them. I'll have somebody else to read them. And they won't tell me about them. So if they're ugly, now if they're sweet, they'll tell me. But if they're ugly, they'll just shred them. 
Brother Copeland taught us that. The first time I ever preached, somebody wrote me an ugly letter and wrote it to Keith and said, why would you ever let that woman get in the pulpit? And you know what? I had to preach for the next three months, and I read it. It was stinky. So I I learned better. Okay, so here we go. We were married. My mother told me I married the Antichrist. We got started really well. My mother and my daddy hated my husband. That's a strong word. Because of religious issues. We didn't even know it at the time. I was raised Catholic, as you all know. Now, Catholics and oneness Pentecostals. How many of you know what a oneness Pentecostal is? Let me explain. A oneness Pentecostal is someone... Now, I am not against them. You will find that out by the end of the story, okay? Oneness Pentecostals are people that only wear dresses... They only wear long sleeves. The women can't cut their hair. They wear no jewelry and no makeup because this is the way that their tradition has taught them. Now, do you understand what I'm talking about? Okay? There's a lot of different doctrines about it and stuff, but that was part of it. So my mother's idea of it was not so good because my dad had a sister who had married a oneness Pentecostal preacher. And he told her that she wouldn't have to become a part of his religion if they got married. And that she could still live her normal life the way she was and dress the way she did and wear her makeup and wear her jewelry and do the things that she had done because she had been raised Baptist all of her life. See how quiet you are? (laughs) Well, on their wedding night... On their wedding night, he went in and got all of her makeup and got all of her jewelry and got all of her stuff and got rid of it. So my mother, God bless her soul, I love her, had a fear deep within her that if I married Keith, that was what was going to happen to me. And she saw some things in their relationship that she didn't care for. She saw some things in their marriage she didn't care for. So she got into a panic and she didn't much care for Keith. So we ran off and got married. Yeah. We had dated since we were 13 years old. Well, younger than that, really, but that's a secret. (laughs) My mom's gone to heaven now, so she won't be mad at me. And my dad, he dear, love his soul. He put up with me whatever I want to do. So he had four girls in his house, and he didn't have a choice. (laughs) So, but anyway, we got married. And I kid you not, we wound up at the Oneness Pentecostal Church. My mother, God rest her soul, thought I had died and gone to hell. She wouldn't have anything to do with us. I didn't see my mom and dad for three years after I got married. It was not good. Kids, do not do it. There's always a better way. There's always a better way. But anyway, during this three-year span... we were going to this oneness Pentecostal church. It was a little bitty church that Keith's grandmother had grown up in. And I was Catholic. And I knew nothing about this stuff. How many Catholics know anything about the Holy Ghost when they grew up? Did you think they were the Antichrist too? (laughs) Nod your heads. You thought they were messed up, right? Weirdo. Okay? So did I. But you know what? That is the thing that I've learned about churches and Christianity. 
I have learned this. Every different denomination has something to offer. And every different denomination has something that we should get something out of it. And like Brother Hagin used to say, eat the hay and leave the sticks. Every one of them. You know, I think about a lot of people have something bad to say about the Catholic denomination. But you know what? They have a reverence when you walk in that church door that a lot of denominations don't have. You know, and I think about the oneness Pentecostals. They have a devotion to God that they're willing to throw everything else away in their life, no matter what anybody else thinks, and do it for God. Now, how many of you, okay, if God said, do this for me today, you'd get rid of your, every one of your pair of pants and every bit of your makeup and every bit of your jewelry and serve Him? Now, that's a devotion to Him. Whether you think it's right or not, it's a commitment to Him. A lot of people are not willing to make that big of a commitment to Him. To me, I respect that about somebody because a lot of people are not willing to do it. I respect somebody that'll do everything they know if they think it's God, whether it's right or wrong or not. If they're, if they're convinced in their heart it's God and they're willing to do it. So anyway... We were there, and we were at this oneness Pentecostal church, and it was like two aisles, and they, it was a small church, maybe 100 people, 150 people. And Keith and I had just been married, but we loved, he loved God. I didn't, I mean, I was Catholic. I loved God, but I didn't know God. You know, we knew Mass, but we didn't really know a personal relationship with God, you know? And we had a respect for God, but I didn't have a personal relationship with God. And so we'd go to church. And they was, this particular time, having a revival. And we went for months and months before this. We went for months and months and months. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, here's Keith. This is the women's side of the altar. This is the men's side of the altar. The pulpit's here in the middle, and there's this little altar bench. It's about this tall, made out of wood, about this color. And the men are on this side, and it's about start here, and it's go to about right here. And you'd start on the women's side, and it'd start like about right here. I'm taking way more steps because the whole church isn't as big as, you know, that big, you know. And the women would be on this side. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So every service, they'd give an altar call or give an altar call for someone to be filled with the Spirit. Well, here would go Keith, and here would go me under my breath. Oh, God, not again. (laughs) Hey, I'm honest. If you know me, you know I'm honest, okay? God, please, not tonight. Please, they start the altar call. I'm going, oh, please, not tonight. Not tonight. I want to go home. I'm tired. i got to get up and go to work tomorrow morning. I'm tired. It's been a long week. We, got, we did the garden when we got home. Then we had to go to church. Then we had, okay? Please, not tonight. But here he goes. You ever seen him walk? He's my husband. I can say it. He did that because of fighting, he, you know. And so here he went. He went to the altar. And he'd kneel down and he'd start praying. And this went on for almost a year for him to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And he'd pray. And he'd pray and he'd pray and he'd pray and he'd pray and he'd pray. And he'd pray and he'd pray. Okay, let me set up the scenario for you. About 20 guys run up here real quick. Let's show you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Quick, 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 quick. Come here. Rob, get here and be Keith. Hurry, quick, quick, quick. Kneel down at the altar there. Rob, be Keith. Y'all get over there on that side. Okay, now you get here. Come on, come on. Put your hands on Keith. Everybody put your... No, you got to pray for Keith. Okay, come on. Pray, pray. There you go. You're praying for Keith. They're all praying for Keith. Okay, now about 20 women come over here. Come on, Carrie. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Quick, 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 quick. You're going to see the scenario, okay? You're going to see the scenario. Just kneel down there and pray. Yeah, there you go. These men over here are hollering. Hold on, hold on, brother, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, you'll get it, hold on, hold on, hold on, you'll get it, hold on, brother, hold on, it'll come, it'll come, it'll come, hold on, hold on. I'm sitting there, hold on to what? Turn loose, turn loose, turn loose, turn loose. 
loose, turn loose, turn loose. Now this went on for hours, hours and hours and hours. And I'm sitting there about where B is. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Are you up there, God? Oh God, are you up there? Now this went on for month after month after month after month after month and revival meeting after revival meeting. Now the oneness Pentecostals love revivals. And they'd have them like every two months for a week. And the women would be over here and the men would be over here and they'd all be praying. But the thing about them again, they would stay there all night with him if he wanted. Now, how many of us will do that with people? Do you understand that? How many of us will stay with somebody trying to be filled with the Holy Spirit until they get it? If it takes week after week after week after week after week after month after year. After forever. (laughs) So finally one night, the Holy Ghost was so strong on Keith, he fell out in the floor. He said, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. He fell out in the floor. And all the men around him fell out in the floor. I mean, they just all fell out in the floor. The Holy Ghost was so strong. That's how strong the Holy Ghost was that night. And yet and still, every one of them got up and we went home. No speaking in tongues. We all went home. We all went home. We all went home. Now this went on time after time after time after time after time after time. And I got tired of it. I got up to here with it. So one night, I said, Lord, I'm sitting there about where B is, and the women are over here, and the men are over here. I said, Lord, it has to be me. Because, dear Lord, he's given up and turned loose and held on and turned loose and shaved off his mustache. He's done everything anybody would ever be able to do to get this thing whatever he's wanting. I don't know what it is, but please, Lord, give it to him. I just want to go home. And the Lord says, why don't you go up there? Maybe you. Or my heart said, I don't know if it was the Lord. So I get up out of my chair and I walk up here. And before I can get to the lady's side, I'm walking up from that side about where B is. And I'm walking over here to the lady's side. And this is the pew right here. And I get to right here and the ladies are right there. And I kid you not, I fall out under the power, completely roll under the pew. Catholic, I never, I don't know about falling out under the power. I don't know about rolling under pews. I hit my head under the, on the edge of the pew. Keith thought I had, I was, they needed to take me to the hospital. But I got up and I started praying with the ladies. And I said, Lord, I give you my heart. I got saved that night. Because I said, Lord, Whatever I need to do, I give it to you so he can get whatever he needs. Whatever he needs. I want him to have it. Whatever he wants, I want him to have it. Well, that's just the beginning. You thought we'd done something. Well, if you know him at all, dedicated. Something we're lacking in. Dedicated. They said, she got saved. They shouted. They said, it's time to get baptized. Okay, it's about 28 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Drizzling rain. And of course we all have dresses and heels on because that's all we wear. We go to the pond immediately at midnight. Oh, no is right. Dedicated dedicated to the things of God, that if this person got saved, it's time that they get baptized. (laughs) Now, there's something to be said for that, guys. There's something to be said.
said, for that there's nothing more priority in their lives. And the whole church went. Not one person said, I got to go home and go to bed. Not one person said, I got to get up and go to work tomorrow. It was a Wednesday night and everybody in the church went. Not one car turned and went right when the pond was left. Everybody in the church stayed committed to the things of God. Now, there's something to be said for that. Because they cared enough about this person's salvation and this person getting filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. And it's time to rejoice. So the whole church loads up in their cars. Well, we happened to get in the car with this couple that had been at the church for a while. And this is what they tell me. Now, I had never heard of what this thing was Keith had been asking about. I just knew he'd been telling me he wanted to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I thought that was that tongue stuff. (laughs) And I'm Catholic. We don't do tongues. So... We're in the car with this couple. We're in the back seat. They're in the front seat. And all the way there, they keep telling me this. The whole way there, they keep looking at me. They keep saying, they'd turn around the back seat, he'd be driving. It's probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes to the pond, max. Muddy, dirty pond. They said, now listen to us. When you come up, out of the water, believe you're going to be speaking in tongues. They said, now, do you hear us? He's going to baptize you. I said, what what do you mean, baptize? When they baptize you, they go like this. I'm thinking we're going to stand beside the pond. Hey, you got to remember where I'm at. Why are we even going to this pond? Okay? You're laughing at me now. Okay? I'm thinking we're going to stand beside this pond. This pastor is going to take his little hand and he's going to go. What in the world do you mean when I come up out of the water? Now, these thoughts are going through this little Catholic brain of mine when I come up out of the water. They said, when you come up out of the water, just believe you're going to be speaking in tongues. What's tongues? How do you speak in them? I mean, a thousand million thoughts are going through my mind. But you know what? I did exactly what they said. I just kept thinking, okay, when I come up out of the water, I'm going to be speaking in tongues. I had no clue what they were talking about. I didn't have any answers. I didn't know what tongues was. I didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. I didn't know what baptism was. I didn't know what ponds was. (laughs) Nothing. I was a city child going to a pond to be dunked in water and speak in tongues. I'd never been in a pond I'd never been baptized. I'd never spoken in tongues. I didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. And here we go. (laughs) Now, Keith had been raised in the Pentecostal church all of his life. He knew what the Holy Ghost was. He knew what tongues was. He knew what all this stuff was. And he's been seeking for a year. You hear me? Okay. They keep saying, just believe. Every 30 seconds they say, when you come up out of that water, you'll be speaking in tongues. Just believe at the end of this service, you're going to be speaking in tongues. Just believe when you come up out of that water, you're going to be speaking in tongues. I thought, it doesn't do me any good to try to figure out what tongues is because I don't know. It doesn't do me any good to try to figure out what baptism is because I don't know. It doesn't do me any good to figure out what I'm gonna, what's going to be happening because I have no clue. 
So all I could think about was what? Just believe. When I come up out of that water, I'm going to be speaking in tongues. That's all I knew because that's all they kept feeding me. Just believe at the end of this service, you're going to be speaking in tongues. You don't have to figure it out. You don't even have to know how it works. You don't even have to know who he is. You don't even have to know that you are a Baptist or a Catholic or a Presbyterian or a Oneness Pentecostal or a faith person or a what. You don't got to know. Okay, so we get to this pond. And here's all these people around this pond. The pond was probably about as big as from the front of this church to the back of the church and kind of this middle section here. And muddy, and the banks, it was raining, and they were slippery. And I had on my hose, and I had on a dress, and I'm thinking, okay. (laughs) And I'm going like this. And bless that pastor's heart, here he goes. He took off his coat, he took off his shoes, and he headed out into that water. And he's going... Dedication. Pastors today, if it doesn't fit into their schedule and it doesn't work for them, it's not on their time clock. Huh? I'm talking about my own self. We got to watch things. Anyway, here we go. I take my foot, Keith helps me down to the water, and I step into that water, and I start walking out there to where he is, and it feels like a 90-degree bathtub. It feels like I stepped into a hot tub. I have no clue what's going to happen. They say, walk out there to him. I said, okay, here we go. I walked out there to him. Now, Keith, if you've ever heard the... How many of you have ever heard Keith talk about this? He tells about this. Because it just amazed him. He was just like... I am not believing this. I walk... Because I didn't know anything. Sometimes our heads get in our way. And I walked out there, and here we go. He says, hold your nose. I said, what for? He said, just hold your nose. I said, okay. I grab hold of my nose. He takes me. We go down. And I kid you not, because of what they had told me, just believe that when you come up out of the water, what? You'll be speaking in tongues. The moment, the second, the instant my body started the upward motion, I started speaking in tongues. I started speaking in tongues and started wailing around, they said, I don't remember, like a big fish, a big whale in the water. I was going in every direction. And the pastor yells, she got it, 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 she got it. it." And he said he apologized later because he never tells when people got it or not. He said, but I just couldn't hold it in any longer. (laughs) Now, Put our verse back up on the screen for 30 seconds. We've got to look at a verse for 30 seconds. The last one in the NIV. You shall... No, 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 no. Let's see where... Um, tell. There was the part... One where was it? The NIV? Uh, new Living. Yeah, New Living. Okay. It says, You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. The next... Three or four, Keith says a week or two. I don't know. I don't even remember. I did not eat. No exaggeration. Keith tells me this. I don't even remember. Honest to God, I don't remember it. The next week plus, I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. All I did was talk about Jesus. I would talk in tongues and I would talk about Jesus. And I would talk in tongues and I would talk about Jesus. 
And I would talk in tongues, and I would talk about Jesus. And it would make him mad. (laughs) Every time I would talk in tongues, it would make him mad. Now, he tried to hide it, but I knew it was making him mad. And I wasn't doing it on purpose. He'd ask me something, and I would answer him in tongues. And it would make him mad. Now, he tells it his own self. And so he'd look at me and he'd say, Phil, we got to have direction. We need answers. We need to know what we got to do. I'd say, okay. I am still dumb, blonde, dumb. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I don't know. I'm just so happy. I'm just floating along and I'm just so happy. I'm telling everybody about the Lord. But do you know the one thing that happened to me when I came up out of that water? This is a secret. Maybe I should turn the camera. No, I've already told it. Shucks. When I came up out of the water, it says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I didn't know for decades what that meant. The only thing that I knew of when I came up out of that water was something that the Lord told me. And so we get back to our 1969 Marriott mobile home with imitation leather furniture and the red carpet. It was nice. And we go back to the back, and I'm dripping wet. And he looks at me, square in the eye. And he says, what did the Lord tell you? Because he could tell. He knew me well enough to know. We'd been together forever. He said, what did the Lord tell you? And I went, nothing. (laughs) He said, no, what did he tell you? I said, nothing. What did he tell you? Nothing. And I couldn't tell him for the longest amount of time what the Lord told me. And he knew he did. But you know why I couldn't tell him? Y'all are so smart (laughs) about me. What about you? Huh? When you spend time with the Holy Ghost, He'll tell you things. And the very first thing He told me set me on a course that has been my life from that night on. He told me something when I came up out of the water that I had never heard God talk to me before. But I knew as well as I knew my name, it was Him. And I'd never heard this little Catholic girl would have told you, that's the devil. (laughs) Anybody ever seen that movie Bobby Boucher? That voodoo woman Phyllis? kind of what I felt like then. <laughs> Everybody picks on me about that. That's why I say it. I hadn't seen it and people told me about it. So anyway, this is what the Lord told me. He said, uh-oh, let's see who I can stand in front of to say this. I might better just stand way back here. I don't want to get no tomatoes. <laughs> Submit to your husband. I thought, submit? My mama ain't never submitted to my daddy. (laughs) What do you mean submit? I don't even know what that word means, submit. You think I was going to tell Keith that? (laughs) Okay, well, now look at me honestly. Would you have told him that? (laughs) Not a chance. Would you have told him that? No. Would you have told him? No. I went decades before I told him. I tried to do it. No way, no how. I got more rebellious than ever. We almost got a divorce because I didn't do what God told me to do. 
I didn't do the one thing that the Holy Spirit told me to do. I tried to do everything else but the one thing that when I spent time with the Holy Spirit, He told me to do. He told me to do one thing. He said, I'll give you power and you'll be my witnesses. I couldn't be a witness. And Keith kept telling me, Phil, you're an example. I'd go, I don't want to be an example. I don't want to do that. So he'd say, Phil, go, go back in the back room and pray for us because I can't. I go, I don't want to pray. But I'd do it. But you know what? You can't get anything from God being rebellious with God. Put this verse up there real quickly. Oh, no, another verse. Matthew 26, 41 in the King James. It says, what does that say? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray that you don't enter into temptation. Watch and pray that you don't enter. The spirit, my spirit was willing to do whatever God wanted to do. It's just when Keith told me to do something I didn't want to do. Then my flesh got involved. And I would put aside what God told me when I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And do you know... That night, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, it was the easiest thing to hear from God that I had ever done in my life. It was the easiest thing to know that I knew that I knew that I knew that that was God. I was closer to Him than I'd ever been in my life. And I knew it was God. And you know what else? It would have been the easiest thing at that point in time to make the transition and submit to God and us not get in the mess that we got in. But we went years and years with me rebelling and not doing what God said. Now God tried to bless us. He tried to help us. He tried to show us what to do and for us to go on in spite of it. But do you know when you're praying and God shows you something and you decide to do something else? It ain't done at work. When He gives us the Holy Spirit... He is our very best friend. There is not a a better friend in the whole wide world to you than the Holy Spirit. He will never, ever, 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 never, ever lie to you. He will not lie to you. That's why this says, watch and pray. Pray that you don't enter into temptation. Do you know this? Okay, let me give you a really good illustration. Have you ever been to the grocery store when you're hungry? How many of you? 99.9% of the people in here raise their hand. Okay, do you buy stuff you don't even like? And you'll almost eat anything during that time. Is that right? You, you'll almost munch on the grapes as you're going by because you're so hungry. And, and, and God forbid that you really are hungry when you go. Just medium hungry is one thing, but really hungry when you go? You'll just buy everything. Because that flesh is doing what? Feed me, feed me, hungry, feed me, feed me, hungry, feed me, feed me, feed me, hungry. But now what about if you know you have to go to the store just to get some milk or one or two things and you're really full? Have you ever been then? 
Have you ever just left with and not gotten everything you needed because you just didn't want to fool with it? Because you just, you just ran in and got the one thing and said, oh, I'll get the other stuff later. I just don't want to fool with it. Huh? Why is that? Because something else is a priority to you. You're not interested in it. You don't care about it. Something else is more important to you. Why do people overeat? Oh, God, he says. (laughs) You missed that. You know, I used to weigh 200 pounds. Oh, yeah, you should see the pictures. They're they're beautiful. (laughs) You've seen some of them. Um, People don't overeat because they're hungry. I mean, when I overeat... You, I mean, I tried every diet under the sun. I'll just tell you, Keith and I were fighting at the time. It was when we were first married. It's when I was being rebellious. You've all heard the, our marriage tapes. If you haven't, you need to come to the marriage meeting, okay? Don't listen to anybody tell you how to overcome something that don't know anything about it. If they haven't studied the Bible on it or overcome it themselves. Just because they say MD behind their name, That could be medieval knight or medieval dummy. Who knows what it means? Brother Hagen used to say, just because it says PhD, could stand for post hole digger. Anyway, I tried every diet under the sun. I mean, even when you take appetite suppressants or you do anything else, You'd still eat. Even though you weren't hungry, you'd eat. Because it had nothing to do with being hungry. Why do people have affairs? Because they want to have more sex? No. Huh? No. Why do people lie? Because they want to get their way? No. Why do people cheat? Most of these things, why do people steal? Have you ever heard of people stealing? Is it because most of the people are so broke that they need it? No. You've heard stories on it. Why? Is it because of the what? The thrill, the excitement. Most people that do things that they don't want to do are trying to fill something inside them that's empty. And it's the same thing when you go in the grocery store. And you're hungry, so you buy every single thing that you can see, and you're going to try, oh, yeah, I'll try that sometime. And how many of you have items in your pantry that you throw out because you never will ever, ever cook them, and it's not something you even really like? But it's expired. But you you bought it at the grocery store one day when you were hungry. Right? People do that because they're trying to fill something inside them. But do you know, when you fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit. Now, Keith said, and like that verse said, went everywhere telling them, being a witness about me. For that week and a half, however long it was, you have to ask Keith, I don't know. I didn't care about eating. I didn't care about sleeping. I told everybody on my job. I told everybody that came to our homes. I told everybody in every store that we went. I didn't care who it was. I told them about Jesus. I'd come home. I'd get in the Word. Why? Because I was filled with His Spirit. Nothing else mattered to me. I didn't care about food. 
I didn't care about drink. I didn't care about if somebody was talking about me. I didn't care about if somebody was lying about me. I didn't care about my family not talking to me. I didn't care about this. I didn't care about that. And I had all the same problems the day before as I had that day. I had every one of them. It was just one, one night to the next morning difference. And he said, my countenance totally and completely changed. I went around. I have to listen to the tape to tell you what he says. He said, I went around with this big grin on my face for days. He said, I never stopped smiling. Now, would that be a witness to people? Would that be a witness to the people? It was a witness to him. And he'd been around God all his life. The real things of God, the real things of the Spirit, you don't have to prove to people. You don't have to sell people on them. You don't have to convince people about them. When they're real, they just spill over on everybody around you. He said, our house, his folks' house, the stores that we worked in, the office that I worked in. He said, you could walk in it, and it was just totally different. That's so good. Amen. Why? Because I was filled up to the top with the Holy Ghost. Amen. To overflowing. Now, you know what? I've been filled up since then. I like it. I remember a time that we had a laughing service, and I was so filled up. He'll tell you this story, too. For three or four days, we laughed so hard. He said, I sat you at the table, and he said, I sat you down there, and I said, I'm going to get me a bowl. And you laughed and fell out of the chair. I was talking about getting a bowl. (laughs) He said, you laughed for three days. I had to pick you up and put you in the bed. I had to carry you to the car. You slid down out of the seat and fell down on the floorboard. He said, the Hagans came by to say something to you, and you just laughed in their face. <laughs> I've been filled with the Spirit, and you know what? Filled is better! Filled is better! It makes you forget all the crud that's going on around you. It makes you forget all the other stuff that people are doing. It makes you forget all your problems. But not only that, it gives you the answer. It helps you to solve all the things that are going on in your life. And it may just be one word. Submit to your husband. But then you have a choice. You can't argue anymore. You know what the problem is. You just have to choose if you're going to do it or not. And when I finally got my britches on right and made the choice, our marriage has been heaven on earth. And what have we done for the kingdom? Well, the devil knew that. He knew that when he put the two of us together, that what we would do together for God was going to be a force to be reckoned with. So he was going to do everything that he could to keep that force at odds with each other. So he told me, somebody's got to lead. And it ain't you, big britches. (laughs) Your job is to help and to follow. And if you'll do that, we'll get this job accomplished for God. And when I decided to do that, look at what he's been able to accomplish. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think during that time that the devil was lying to me, telling me, if you submit, you'll never have a voice. You'll never be able to do anything. You're going to be this little wimpy, stand in the closet, feel sorry for yourself, not have anything, little girl. Raise your hand. Uh Uh-huh. Is that what I am? Huh? Just totally and completely... The opposite. And that's exactly what he's doing to you. The very thing 
The very, 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 very thing that the Holy Ghost is telling you. The Holy Ghost will not lie to you. He is your very best friend. And if you need an answer for something, if there's turmoil in your life, if there's problems in your life, get yourself away. Shut your door. Get in your closet. Pray in the Holy Ghost till you're laughing, till you're dancing, till you're singing, till you're everybody that comes up to you, you wind up speaking in tongues. Not a put on, but for real. You don't have to tell somebody you're filled with the Holy Ghost when you're filled. You don't have to say, I'm going to prophesy to you now. You don't have to say, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost today. Huh? You don't have to say, that was the Holy Ghost. Did you get it? I didn't tell Keith nothing. I just got up the next morning. And he was like, whoa, what happened to you? He told people, I didn't even know it until I heard him tell it on a tape. For years, I didn't know it. All I knew was he'd say, Phil, go in. can you go back there and pray for us? Because we need direction. Because he couldn't. And do you know what? It was like another, I don't even know how long it was, until his head let him get filled with the Holy Spirit. He got filled after me. He got <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Why, though? Why? Because my head wasn't in the way. I wasn't trying to figure it out with this blonde, dumb head. Huh? And his smart head had to know how it worked. He had to know how to figure this out. He had to know how this mouth was going to speak in another language. He had to know how this tongue was going to say other words. And I thought, big deal. I'm going to speak in other tongues. Do it. I can't do it. I knew I couldn't do it. And that's the way everything in my life has been. Everything in my life has been, I know. And I don't say this to be funny. I know I am too dumb to do all the things I've done. And I'm not, I'm not making jokes about it. I am too dumb to run a ministry like this. I'm too dumb to tell people how to run a camera. I'm too dumb to know the right person to hire to put in this place. I'm too dumb. When we get, got our first church, they said, what about this? What about this? I'll never forget it. Larry, our sound guy, he'll tell you the truth. I walked through there. I said, no, this isn't right. That's off. This is off. This is off. This is off. This is off. He said, how do you know so much about sound? I said, hmm. And I didn't. Just that particular day, the Holy Ghost said, this is off, this is off, this is off, this is off, this is off. And since then, I don't because I hired Larry. He's supposed to know. (laughs) But do you see what I'm saying? He protects us. He's our protector. He's our comforter. He's our leader. He's our guider. He shows us everything we need to know, everything we need to do. And he'll do the same thing for you. But the only difference is, if you never spend any time with him, he can't tell you nothing. So I purpose in my heart, every day of my life, every day that I arise and my eyes open up, the very first thing that I do is spend time with my best friend. Spend time with him. There ain't nothing in this life more important. Nothing, because if you'll spend time with him, you'll think, I've got to go this way today. I've got to get this done. It's a must. The deadline is today. It's deadline 12 o'clock noon today. We have to have this contract done. We have to have this done. And the Holy Ghost will say, "Mm mm-mm, skip that contract and go do this. And you're thinking, no way. I have to have this to them to close at noon today. And the Holy Ghost is going, no, leave that alone and go do this. And your head is going screaming at you. Screaming as loud as it can possibly scream, go do this. 
But the Holy Ghost inside you is saying, go do this, go do this, go do this. How do I know this? I'm testifying to you as a witness that one morning the Holy Ghost told me we were supposed to be closing. And he said, get up. I was running on the beach and praying. I run and pray a lot. He said, get up and go to Palmetto. And I, Palmetto, I don't even know where Palmetto is. <laughs> and I went. And the Lord supernaturally hooked me with some people that morning. I was sweaty and on the beach and I had to be there in an hour. He told me to be there by a certain time. Supernaturally had me in a meeting that I needed to be in with 12 officials of the city. Why? Because I'm so important and I know everything? Absolutely not. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Absolutely not. Because I'm so smart. Okay, now I want you to be honest for the very first time in your life. (laughs) Totally honest. If you had to pick who was the smarter one, Keith or I, who would you pick? (laughs) Huh? Huh? Okay, spit it out. Oh, come on now, spit it out. Uh huh, too close, huh? That's my point exactly. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. wise. And he will take you and 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 every person in this room if you will listen to the Holy Spirit and he will tell you exactly what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it and he will tell your little britches, sit still a little while. When inside you, you're just wanting to jump up and run, jump up and run, jump up and run. And he'll say, sit still and talk to me. Sit still and talk to me. When your flesh is hollering, I got to get up and go. I got to get up and go. I got to get up and go. And he's going to say, sit still. Talk to me. I got your answer right here. Sit down. Because his head will mess you up. The only safeguard you have is spending time with the Holy Spirit. He will fill you. He will give you the answer. Because when you go out into this world, like you go into the grocery store hungry, what's going to happen? You're going to get a bunch of stuff you don't need. And you're going to go through a bunch of stuff you don't need to go through. But when you leave your house in the comfort of your bedroom or your closet or your office or whatever it is, wherever you pray, full of the Holy Ghost, and you go out into this world, and this temptation of this food comes at you or this person comes at you or this money comes at you or this comes at you, you're going to go, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. You're going to walk right past it like you do in the grocery store because you're full of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to bother you like it did the day before because you're going to be full of something else. Do you understand that? The temptations are not... Watch and pray. Put it back up there, guys. Come on, come on, come on. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Pray that you enter not into temptation. If you pray, then you're full of something. Then you're not entering into that temptation. Can you say amen? Amen. What's going to happen at the end of the service today? You're going to walk up to the front and speak in tongues. You're going to walk up to right up to this front and you're going to speak in tongues. Can you say amen? amen? Stand up with me. Stand up with me. I want to read you this one more verse. I want to do this just exactly the way that the Lord directed me to do it this morning. And uh, we'll get the results exactly the way that the Lord directed us to do them. 
Acts 8.14 in the King James. It says, Now when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, keep going, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Keep going. As for yet, he was not fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Keep going. Then what happened? They laid their hands upon them, and what happened? They received the Holy Ghost. When they laid their hands upon them, they what? Put verse 17 up in the NIV, please. And they placed their hands upon them or on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. All right? If you're in here today, no music, no nothing, and you want to receive the Holy Spirit, get on down here. Today is your day. I don't care if you spoke in tongues once. I don't care if you spoke in tongues 26 times and you hadn't done it for 26 years. It's already started speaking. See? The minute you start down here, it's going to happen. Come on! It's your day. 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 Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Big or little, tall or short, old or young, it doesn't matter. Come on. It's your day. The Holy Ghost is here. He is not withholding this from you. The only thing you got to do is believe that when hands are laid on you, you're going to speak. Start saying it. When hands are laid on me, I'm going to speak. When hands are laid on me, I'm going to speak. When hands are laid on me, I'm going to speak. When hands are laid on me, I'm going to speak. When hands are laid on me, I'm going to speak. That's all you say. When hands are laid on me, I'm going to speak. Everybody say it with them. When hands are laid on me, I'm going to speak. When hands are laid on me, me I'm gonna speak when hands are now there's some kids back there you need to get up here come on when hands are laid on me I'm gonna speak when hands are laid on me I don't care if you're in the choir if you're a cameraman or if you're in a, a room in the back anybody in this building that doesn't pray in tongues you gotta have it you gotta have it don't be ashamed of it Hey, don't you think Keith was ashamed having to go up there week after week after week after week after week after week after month after month and people seeing that he wasn't filled? Do not let the devil talk you out of this. Do not let him. This room should be filled with people going down the aisles with people that need to pray in tongues. Come on. We're going to wait on you. Come on. 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 Don't be ashamed. This is your day. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Doesn't matter who you are. Come on. Nobody is exempt. This is something you want. You will never regret the longest day you live. It is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It is the greatest gift I ever received besides my salvation. And I get to be a part of it in your life forever. That is so exciting to me. I told you I was excited today. God is so good to us. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Bring yourself down. I'm serious. There's some people up here in the choir that need to be down here. You can't even sing with the anointing. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Teachers in classes and camera guys, come on. Come on, don't be ashamed. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Everybody had to get filled at one time or another. Come on, come on. This is it. 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 When hands keep saying it, when hands are laid on me, Janet, keep saying it. When hands are laid on me, keep saying it. When hands are laid on me, get your microphone, keep saying that. When hands are laid on me, I'm, keep saying it. Now the rest of you keep coming, keep coming. When hands are laid on me, I will speak in tongues. 
Now that means everybody in the congregation. Check your neighbor. Huh? When we start praying in tongues, if they're not praying in tongues, guess what? Lay hands on them. Yeah. I love the Holy Ghost. I love the Holy Ghost. I love the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 If they're not praying in tongues, lay hands on them. They won't, they won't hate you forever just for five minutes. Because if they start praying in tongues, they're going to be so glad, so glad, so glad. Can you say amen? That means the choir, the band, everything. All right? All right. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you,